Okay, so we're in. So how we like to start that little podcast here? We do this word association game. So we've got some words here. Um, I'm going to start and it's going to go around left. So he'll go first and then you'll go first and then you'll go next and then. It's great, we love we just love to do it. It's calm. Something will come. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't have to be like perfect. Mm. So the first word is change. Maker. Who goes I see? I mean if you want to go that way you can. Either way. And then uh, sorry, sorry to mess up his face. So I do it after maker in it, so easy. Yeah. So you go with the last yeah, word okay, that's okay. been said, I think. Okay. So change maker. So you say one word, then I say another, he has to respond to the word that, that you say. Okay, so you okay, so okay, got you, got like, you. Is he a unit? It's meant to be you like this. I'm not, I am. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I, I just, jumped in. You jumped in. You know what, yeah. I was just like, I just... I'm born ready, been ready, sleep ready. Let's go! Full start, alright. Cool, so we start again, yeah. Which one do you go? You start. Yeah, we'll go this way, yeah. So the first word is change. Makeup. <laughs> Made? In Chelsea? <laughs> Essex. Area. Foreign. Policy. Government. Corruption. Decay? Boris Johnson. Communism. Stalin. Absolute. Uh, authoritarianism. Borders. Land. Justice. Beauty. Divine. Grace. Feel. Emotion. Depth. Space. Change. <laughs> That's a great way to say it. <laughs> next one. Alright, cool. Um, so the next word is um, purpose. So I think maybe we've got the other way around. So purpose. Mission. Statement. Speech. Curriculum vitae. Hand it out. About. Listen. To speak. Parlay. Conversation. Understand. Gathering. Magic. Want. Fitness. Fix. Broken. Bent. Parched. Dry. Starch. Pasta. Ham. Food. Sorry, that's a different language. <laughs> 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 that's a different language, still. This is probably a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Onja in Europe was food, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah. the first word that came to me. <laughs> what country you fact that's from, by the way? Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah. yeah. Wild, wild, Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. And the last word is um, design. Sure, again, man. Yeah, cool. Design. Architecture, make, uh, deconstruct, create, build, live, work, live, oh. home, house, family, people, comfort, 
passion, Christ, cross, chariot, cross, sword, arms, coolio. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't go back now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kept losing mine. Yeah, that's the problem. Hey, mate, I'm looking forward to technology in the next 20 years. Actually, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot of stuff, especially like with this little meta thing that's coming out. Yeah. How Facebook is switching to this virtual world, mm. and I'm like, mate, like. So someone said when they was born, I think the guy's about 40, 50. When he was born, the most advanced game they had was like a ping pong game and go up and down. And that was maybe yeah. 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. And like, the advancement in technology in the past 10 to 12 years mm. has been epic. So like, by the time I'm in my 40s and 50s, bruv, it's gonna be crazy. Like, metaverse, people are like, oh my gosh, metaverse, that's a bit wild. In the next 30 years, that's gonna be not even a normal thing. It's so crazy. Standard company. Like, have you guys watched Ready Player One? Nah. No. I don't think I've seen that. Either. So about this this game that you play in is a virtual world and everyone's in the game but it, like so many people play it, then no one's really paying attention to the real world that's going on outside and then you come out of the game and it's like some weird little dystopian thing. Mm. And I think it'd be funny if that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the way that they're creating VR, eventually I think people nice. are just gonna live they're gonna go to their jobs in VR. They're gonna be mm. literally like in the office, headphone on. <laughs> Like, imagine that's how you have meetings and that like you're just at home you put on your VR thing and now you're at the desk with the office and that with the, the board leaders and that everyone's just there everyone's on the game not even in real life that's yeah it changes all the other game I'm 
I have to say I'm not looking forward to that in the slightest though. No? Mm-hmm. I have to say I'm not looking forward to that in the Do you know, I think I'm not looking forward to it per se in terms of like the distinction between real world and not real world. But I'm looking forward to just seeing how like it pans out in terms of how it changes how we live in the world. Because mm. we're always changing, we're always developing. And it would be just a different type of like evolution, Silicon Valley evolution rather than just biological. Because I don't think my, it will be affecting my age much by the time it gets there, but we'll see. I always think about the younger generation. That's how quick it moves, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Well, since, since we're on the subject of like designing a new world and stuff, <laughs> I think uh, can jump into this, this little topic here. So we just wanted to kind of get from you guys at KillSF, like how did you guys kind of arrive at design? Um, I guess individually as well. Like, how did you get to a point where you wanted to be creative? Um, how how did that journey kind of look? Sorry, but if you go first, and then yeah, yeah. And then how do we get to individually and then maybe collectively? Individually, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it was very, it was very kind of, uh, it was very slapdash, right? It was very kind of higgledy piggledy. There wasn't like a straightforward path mm-hmm. to being not a designer and then a designer I think it's the kind of thing you fall into and also like fall in and out of mm. with a very kind of like um it's just the lots of directions lots of different directions and being taken by the things that you enjoy and by the things that you feel passionate about mm. um and so when I left school I went to uni uh, and I studied architecture uh, but I really didn't like it I was I was I wasn't the best student at all, and I didn't, I didn't care to be. I was like, my head was in somewhere else. What, really what uni did you study at? Uh, I went to the Bartlett at UCL. Okay, cool. Um, uh, and so I was there, and I was doing just playing on architecture. And I thought, this is, this is shit, man. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, because at the time I wanted to be a music producer. Yeah. And so that's what I did. So I sacked up uni, um, and I set up a little music collective. Um, and then did that uh, and that was really good that was like a, I was actually at the time like at the time it seemed like a risk I think on reflection that was one of the best decisions I've made mm. to kind of chase whatever it was I wanted to do instead of just continue to like pedal along mm. in some system and so I did that for a bit uh, and then eventually I came back to uni um, and I did another course that UCL were offering where you can call it arts and science, like an interdisciplinary course, so you can major and minor like an American degree. Yeah. So I was majoring in mainly architectural and urban studies subject, but I was also minoring in mechanical engineering. And in between, you can do a bunch of other things like philosophy, you have the religious law modules, like random stuff, you just find yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and do. And then it's a language as well. So that was also like a good like, eye opener into like lots of different new worlds. Um, and then what, all the while doing that, I was just doing a lot of jobs. I was obviously working while I was in uni just to, for money, but then I was also trying to do a lot of jobs just in different things. So sometimes I was helping people build random bits of stuff, like festivals or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then things just happened to, it just brought me to a place where once I graduated with um, a friend of mine, Gam, um, and Seth had also graduated at the same time. The idea was that we would try and um, submit a project for the London Design Festival in 2016 in Brixton. Uh, so Seth and I are from Streatham, so we grew up like with Brixton and Croydon, and that's like our universe, right? Brixton, Croydon, Streatham, that's the universe. <laughs> um, uh, and so we were like, we, we, need to, we, we feel like we can do something, we're from this area, we feel we, we've got something to offer, 
uh, and they were like, yeah, but you have to like find the, the piece to do it, and so that's like, <laughs> it was. We just we that, that how that's how the whole kind of thing started. And that was my particular thing. Yeah. Mm. And uh, mine, yeah, mine's a little bit different. Like I, I, we did, yeah, I did like creative subjects at, uni, at school. I did history. Okay. Um, and then I always had it set that I wanted to do like at first I wanted to do international development. No, why not? At first I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, help people and all that kind of stuff. Then I was into politics as well. I thought I wanted to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I, I can't remember what happened. I think I, I lived away for a little bit and then came back and I was just trying to figure out like what I wanted to, to get into. And I volunteered at, at Lambeth Council um, in their region and development team. And that was probably the first time that I interacted with design in like with like a capital D, so like architecture and design in in my own like professional sense. But I didn't think that there was a way to really like do it unless you had the professional training. Mm. But in that role I realised that it's much broader than just that and you've got a lot of people. So and the, the reason I liked it so much is because I met groups like, like this, I met a lot of like different community groups who were just just as important in this like big design process mm. as your architect or your engineer mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever. Mm. Um, and I was doing a lot of just like calling people like getting people to come down and stuff and obviously it's with the council and it's, it's challenging they all yeah. and all that kind of stuff but it was good to get get experience and then when Akil and Gam came and they said they wanted to do this thing in Brixton I linked them up with the um, with the council so they could get some funding and stuff mm-hmm. but then I took another detour did, I did like qualifications in like project management, did some corporate roles for a little bit, went back to the council, did some policy as well, all about like urban design and development. Mm. Um, and then, but at the same time, me and Akil were having conversations about whether we can make this, this thing proper. When I say proper, it was like, we did the first project and we wanted to do more of them. So in the same time where, where I, we, were, we were kind of, I was getting my professional experience, Gan, who started it with us, was doing his own thing as well. He was doing like tech and entrepreneurship. Akil was doing his own thing and kind of creating his own path. And we just kept on trying to meet up on these projects. So when it, so we kind of, it's, it really, I'll be totally honest with you, it is only this year that I'll say, to, if someone says, what do you do? I'll say, I'm a designer. Okay. Really and truly. And that's only because it's the only thing that really summarises what we do because it's broad enough to summarise what we do. But from a technical point of view, probably not. But I, I think that's one of the things. That's one of the thing reasons why we're quite passionate and keen about what we do because it doesn't have this like technical accreditation of you are this, you are that. Mm. Um, it's just much broader than that. Mm. So would you say then that you are designers both with a capital? And probably just with a lowercase. <laughs> <laughs> Everything with a lowercase. Everything with a lowercase. <laughs> yeah. Once you once you get into them capital um once you get into the capital letters, it's, it's too techy. Mm. And then you get you, you get trapped into 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 the politics of that discipline. Yeah. And I think that's that's not a place that that is also that's a yesterday place. The 20th century is about being trapped into the politics of digital, arguing about where architecture is going, arguing about where design is going to go, arguing about where art's going, what is art, etc, etc. Like, that's not, that's not about that anymore, man. It's like so fluid, like everyone in their lives takes on so many different roles. Different roles you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, every day yeah, yeah. you play different roles, you wear these different hats. Like, mm-hmm. And then there are people who are still arguing about that. It's like people aren't sinking ships or fighting over, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like fighting over yeah. one grain of rice or whatever. It's like, 
actually, when, you, when you're able to absolve yourself of that and be in these spaces, but not of those spaces, freedom and complete freedom. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, um, so you guys started working together properly at the point when you needed to maybe find funding for that Bricks, that first Brixton event, right? Yeah, we needed we needed support, we needed a bit of funding, didn't manage any funding, but we needed just a bit of support. But did you guys always know you were gonna work together on that design and artistry stuff before that? Oh, when you were doing the music thing, I was I was saying I was gonna help you. I kept on saying to you that when, when I'm, because I was in my first year, and we, like, we've always done stuff together, like, we've always been a good team, but like, we never really schemed together. Like, yeah, we weren't those kind you of guys are brothers, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. close in age, but we weren't those kind of people who like, brothers who always seem to be saying that we're, we're gonna yeah. start this thing together. Not at all, like, I think I just wanted to help out because I believed in what you were doing with, with, with the music thing, but it's just like helping the, helping the brother. Yeah, the it wasn't like, partner. yeah, exactly. And then, and then I think we just realized that we were developing skills that were overlapping in space, in mm. physical space. And I realized that the things that I was learning about like project management and all this kind of thing was actually quite helpful to what we were trying to do. Mm. So then I kind of stepped into it a bit more. Um, and then I, I, I started to really like and appreciate the industry that we were getting into as well. So, mm. so in terms of like thought process and like um, work and like future ideas in terms of projects, would you guys say that you're a lot more aligned in terms of the way you're thinking about the future, in terms of like building companies or projects or being, because you guys are called um, re, say resolve collective. Resolve. I was about yeah. to say reason. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah resolve collective. Yeah. So what did you guys come up with the name straight away, or was that a recent thing? Or um, I can't remember the story behind the name. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I I I know that. Gam and I were talking about the name. So Gam found it. Gam is a, he's one of my friends who founded it with a kill. Okay. And then I was, at that point, I was just supporting, but he's now gone off to do his own thing. Okay, cool. Um, but for, for life, I can't remember what the, what the, what the conversation was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it was something around like this, that a couple of meanings in this idea of resolve, like you can resolve a situation, like this idea of You can have resolve. You can have resolve exactly, and that's I think something that's become increasingly important with what we're doing as well. And then this idea of like re looking at the idea of solving the thing to resolve something, like mm. to go back and to kind of critically look and assess what it properly. Means. Yeah, what does it mean to solve something? Like, can you solve things? Mm. And actually, our, is 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 the the tool in design really about how we ask better questions rather than providing kind of like half minded solutions. Mm-hmm. So like, is all the projects you guys do, is it all under Resolve or do you guys do stuff separately as well? All under Resolve. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. under Resolve. Mm-hmm. Because I, th- I have a feeling that Resolve was the name of the first project at one point. It could have been. And then <laughs> it could have been. And it stuck. Yeah, and it stuck. And, and, but even then for the second one, we weren't, like we weren't, um, I think there's this kind of uh, an practice entrepreneurial like, Lie there. Not lie. This un- this kind of dream, this entrepreneurial dream yeah, like that, yeah. that people paint to you, which is that there's a couple men sitting in a room with a whiteboard and they're saying like, this is how we're gonna solve, like change the world. Yeah. There's the goal. These are the steps we're gonna take. This is what we're called. This is how we're gonna get funding. And then you go out and you just do it and you just market yourself enough and then people invest. Now that probably does happen to a few people, but a lot of the people that we're around, especially in our industry and stuff, it very much is a case of like. 
you just kind of trip and fall and you see an opportunity and then you say, like with the Brixton one, it was the next opportunity, the same people came back and said, someone's just dropped out of this, like we had an artist who was doing this thing, they dropped out, can you come next week and do it? And we were like, yeah, come, like we'll come through. And we just had another, we were sitting on a few, you were sitting on an idea, but like we were, it wasn't, it was heart baked. And then the weekend we came up and we sort of said, okay, what can we do in this space? And then we turned up there Monday and did it. And then, and then, like after a few of them, we got to a point where we could kind of speak about what we wanted to do a bit more tangibly because we had an idea of how we wanted to do it. But before then, we were really just being like, "There's a space. Let's just try and make it work." It's called friends and that. Yeah, that's interesting because like I've always, as a creative myself, and working with a lot of creators over the years, it's like I heard this thing a lot where like people, a lot of people start thinking that they want to do this, let's say like music or spoken word or just um, being an actor. And then through the journey, they start doing maybe technician stuff mm. or making set. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now they're doing sound design. And it was like, I never actually thought I'd be here. So like the journey is just almost like twisting and turning a bit like snakes and ladders, you don't need. And like, so yeah, about the title thing. I think that's why I like to be called an artist. Mm. It's yeah. Whatever I say, whatever is comfortable to you. Yeah, that's when you should. Play. That's when you should run it because, yeah, we don't. We shouldn't, especially as like as black people as well, as people who don't often who aren't often in these spaces. We shouldn't be getting too worried about the titles. Definitely, because whatever wherever you try and call yourself, you know the ops are going to be calling you something. Else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like that's it. So when we're in the, in the in the politics of naming, it's like mm. it's not worth getting too into it, man. Like, but often in spaces professional architectural spaces where we're the only black people in these spaces, mm-hmm. right? We, we might even be in spaces, for example, when we teach, because we teach at university as well, mm-hmm. where there are discourses around what it means to be black in architecture. Mm-hmm. And we're the only black people in this space. And no one's asked us about teaching and being black in this space. So it's like, mm-hmm. the, the, the discussions around names and the topic around like, what is something called is happening regardless of whether you're there or not. So you may as well mm-hmm. be comfortable with the name you want to call yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like um it's like uh it's like when you it's like when you're young and you get your nickname and you, or you even you got your like your your, your 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 name like younger younger whatever younger <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like there was <laughs> I remember when I was younger uh, I can't remember his name was I think his name was Rugrat there was, there was a guy in a quote called Rugrat um this big gang guy and there were. <laughs> There were hundreds of younger rugrats, rugrats, tiny rugrats, and everyone just started. Younger baby rugrats. But all the jokes was that like, and you you know, one day you might have two younger rugrats together, just to be each other. You just got to be comfortable, there was no one. There was no one, I can't remember. But the thing is, it teaches you just to be comfortable with just a name. It's like, and like, you're calling yourself the same, I boom, this is my name, this is who I am. It's about naming, it's about the, the act of naming yourself is so important because like in the, as you go out into life in these wider discourses, especially again with black people, it's like there are so many names for us and there are so many conversations about naming that they are kind of directing to us but we won't, but won't let us be part of. Mm. That it's like name, the naming of yourself, the naming of your thing, the naming of your initiative, that is so important, man. Yeah, I remember I had a conversation with someone once. And I was like, yeah, I make music and I direct and I also produce. 
and um, I want a script writer. So I was like, bro, like you can only do one thing. Like you can't do all these things. And I was like, why? Why do you think that? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think that? I was like, no, nah, man, you need to choose one and just go ham. And I was like, like no, nah, because today I might wake up and I've got a script idea. Tomorrow I might wake up and I want to make a song. And tomorrow I might wake up and I want to put on a show. Like it just depends how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And like it's crazy. Like people think. I don't know if people think you have to stay in one bracket of stuff. But people definitely want to know, oh, who do, who do you say you are? And right. that's what you do, that's all I want to see you do. 100%. I think it's, it's easier, for, especially people who are outside of the realm that you, you guys are in, which is, and that we're in, which is like, do, pick things up, do things, like apply yourself. What, you're, what you are trying to bring to that is your craft. You're trying to bring yourself rather than like what your other's expectation of you is, right? So that means that one day you're going to write a script, the next day you're going to make music, but that's you're bringing yourself to it. People who work outside of that realm, it's a way to categorise you, it's, it's easier to understand, because yeah. they don't understand exactly the, like the kind of, the complexities, but also the joy in moving freely in between things. So they'll say, okay, well, what are you? But it's just like, so I can literally understand you for this thing. Yeah, like, exactly. I know what a phone is, there we go. What's a phone? Are you a phone or not? And it's yeah. like, Maybe like it doesn't it, yeah. Whereas when you're in that space, you never have to explain yourself because everyone everyone in those spaces understands it's like that's that's actually where it comes. That's where the passion and the creativity really comes. Mm. So to make you actually answer to my question, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I think so. I have this number three. It says becoming established. How did you guys join forces and form resolve? Obviously, we've covered that you guys had one of your first um, project in Brixton mm. and you was working for the, gov- um, was it the, the council, the council yeah. and you applied for funding. Yeah. But then from that, was it like, okay, cool, we, we're doing this now? Or was it like you kind of went separate and then you came right, back yeah, together yeah, yeah, and started yeah. doing more stuff? How did it? So, we, we did the first project, mm-hmm. then we, well, I was working, Gam was working full time, Akil was doing his masters. Yeah. So we were thinking about, we weren't thinking properly about it. We just did it, we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. We came back, we did another one, same thing. But then we started to apply for, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily funding, but it was like, there's a platform called the Future Architecture Platform. Mm-hmm. And someone messaged came and said, apply for this. Basically, you put your project forward and say like, we think our project is relevant to the future of architecture because of all of these reasons, essentially. And it, they, they ask for people outside of architecture but who kind of work in and around it and have an understanding for it, or don't. Mm-hmm. So we applied for that just on a whim. Like we didn't really like, it wasn't that we were thinking to ourselves, okay, architecture is the thing. It's just like, well, you just got to shoot your shot at that point, innit? Like you've got a couple of things just keep, so we're just shooting bad things out. So that came through and that luckily was a, it was a conference in Slovenia. Mm-hmm. And it meant that we could go out there and we basically explained presented three of our projects, the three that we'd just done. In Slovenia? In Slovenia, yeah, in front of like a panel of people and, and, and the gr- other groups of people in Europe and stuff. And what that did was that it, it forced us into being honest with who we were and who we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Because now we're telling other people, we're not just telling our friends, we're not just telling family, we're telling other people. So who, we actually needed to start to communicate what we, would, what we want to achieve and where we want to go, how we think that we want to try and get there. And the good thing about it is that it was a, um, like a, is it, what do they call it? Um, it's like a networking place, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there are people from galleries, from theatre companies, all these kinds of things, sitting in the crowd, and then at the end, they'll pull up on people and say, oh, we've got a project in 
Portugal, Lisbon, mm. we, we like what you do, how about you come out there? We've got this conference, how about you guys come out there? Luckily, people were quite interested in what we were saying and doing, so from that we got four kind of opportunities. One was a teaching opportunity in Austria, mm. another one was a kind of presentation in Albania, the other one was like a conference in Lisbon, and then the final one was a project in Berlin. And that was another installation in a gallery in Berlin. That was the first time we'd been brought into a formal space. Mm. Before, we were just in abandoned, like in, in Brixham, we were in St. Matthew's Church Garden, so outside. In the second project, we were in uh, and like an, um, under the railway arches, but it was an empty unit. Mm. So these were spaces that people, they didn't have no toilets, nothing, there was just nothing. So that was the first time we got brought into a formal space. And again, it, that forces you to think, just think more carefully about your craft and what you want to yeah. do and whether this space is actually conducive to what you want to do or not. So we created this installation. We reached out to like a lot of the kind of Afro-diasporic community in Berlin. Mm. We had held like a little event for the, the afternoon, like music, food and stuff. It was really nice. And that, again, then just gave us a bit more confidence to go, okay, if we, if we at that, because at that point, because you're traveling, they're asking for your time as well. So, and this is no um, discredit to GAM. You've basically got, if, when people start to ask for your time, because they ask for time before they give you money. So they'll tell you, oh, come to this thing, attend this, do this. The money sm- only covers the budget. So it doesn't mean that you can actually ever get, pay yourself, but they're asking for your time. Yeah. At that point, you've got to say to each other, are we on this or are we on this? Like, are we serious about this or are we not? And we said we were, so then after that we got, we had a few more projects going on with Red Bull, where it was a little installation that we did with Red Bull. Again, not getting like, not being able to pay ourselves, taking holiday, taking leave, weekends, that, that kind of stuff. But we can see a little bit more that like, what we are doing, we think it has some value. People are obviously quite interested because there's this kind of participatory element. We're always working with people. We're bringing different kinds of people into these spaces, into these conversations. Mm. And then luckily, 2019, things just got rolling so we continue to do and we now because of that I think we understand the value of presenting your work talking to people about your work in in formal and informal spaces presenting making sure that you're really like showing what you want to do and what you'd like to do and things just then started to step from there so in 2019 we had some more projects in galleries and other things as well so you guys sound quite international we started international before it went back to local. Like, yeah, yeah, it went, yeah. It, yeah, just but that was pure like coincidence. Yeah, pure, yeah I, you know what? I don't even think when you sent when you told us we were going to apply, I don't even remember thinking to myself it was in Slovenia. Yeah, it was, I did, I did we, were just, we were just in the mode yeah, of applying yeah. to just like, anything. for anything. We were just yeah. funding, like yeah. what, we we're just applying for everything. I, I had no idea. And then it comes back and it was like, oh yeah, you're going to Slovenia. And we were just like. That's the thing, so if you thought, if you knew it wasn't Slovenia before that, would you have applied? Yeah, but I think like... If I knew what it was about, more of what it was about, I would have been hesitant. Because it was very architectural, like it was, we were out there and it was basically a a bunch of like older architects. The, 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 The other participants weren't like this, but the group who was there were these older architects being like, what are we gonna do with architecture? What what is the future of architecture? I was thinking to myself, I don't know or care. Like I, like I actually, yeah, this yeah. is not really where my passion is. And I know Gamble was thinking the same as you as well. But luckily, the people we met who were doing the same thing as us were, were great. And then the people who brought us on were some of the good people in that. So it was hundred percent worthwhile. But if I knew that, I probably would have been like, 
are you sure this is a space for us? Like, are they going to think? Aren't they just going to think? Who who are these guys just chatting? But about I, I think the space at, at the same time, I remember at the same time we were far enough. Like to, to bring it back to music again, it's like we we were in we we were we were doing up like mixtapes outside Brixton Station. Yeah, we were in that mindset. We were just firing up anything. Yeah. Any opportunity that came our way, we'd fire something off. It's like we weren't in the ones where you're not reading <laughs> too deep into what's going on. Yeah. There, would have, there wouldn't have been a reality in which we would have been reading this too closely. We would have seen yeah. opportunity to do something like we sent off. Yeah. We were sending yeah. off five or six applications a day, bro. Yeah. Like we were just absolutely like we didn't know what was going on. We were just looking for opportunities to, to do some more things, trying to make something happen. That kind of yeah. Go on. I was just gonna say like, and we we've had to resort back to that mindset before, mm-hmm. and I think it's an important mindset to have had as well because it also comes from things not having gone your way yeah. initially. Like if you're very used to just things always going your way, you never have to kind of like start flashing around and firing them off mm. to do that. Like if you've never had to hand out your CDs to every single yeah, and next yeah. in every single shop on the high street, like like frantically hoping that someone will employ you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like someone will employ you tonight. <laughs> if you've never been in a situation, you're not you're not used to that mindset, but it's like also now that we're a formal business, now that we have six people working with us, we've got full-time employees, we have to work with all these kind of formalities. Mm. That mindset, if anything, has become more important than ever. There's situations that become more extreme where you have to refer back to knowing how to be in that mindset and being like, all right, we need to make some radical changes immediately. Mm. Like, we need to start firing some stuff off as soon as humanly possible mm. um, to change the direction of what's going, or what's going on. Yeah. So I think it was an important, it's an important lesson. Yeah, so that kind of segues into the next question. I was going to say, um, like, how do you find... So, um, what can someone do to find their feet creatively? But it sounds like almost you guys have almost just managed to just find a lot of opportunities that you can get involved in and just jumped in and fully immerse yourselves and that has kind of moulded you and moulded your ideas and defined them into who you are today, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I just answered the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think also with that as well, like we're also interested in the aspect of like your work that is workshopping, that is participatory, that is working with, like you said, like a lot of the Afro-Caribbean community in Berlin, you know, working with young people in Brixton and kind of also helping those people find their feet. Um, like I was saying before, like I had a look at the access project that you did. Um, and you know, taking children on a variety of experiences to build insights, you know, for music production and just giving them a plethora of experience. Um, so yeah, how did how do you kind of what are your tips I guess for like finding your feet? What is a little handbook almost? Mm. Um it's interesting. yeah, I don't know. It it, it I, I think Obviously, the way we did it as a group, I think, is also like um, on some level, it's quite it's different. Like, I think like there are other ways of going around doing the same thing. There are ways that you could do it more formally, and you could decide what you wanted to do before, and that's I think it's equally valid, uh, an equally valid opportunity to go through. I think we also were able to do that. Um, it was it was also a big sacrifice. So sometimes we talk about it and we glorify it. Uh, well, we sacrificed a lot for it, mm. um, and those times quite difficult in some ways. Personally, like you know, relationships got sacrificed, and my, lots of money was sacrificed, and you know, you had lots of all your free time was sacrificed. You kind of became obsessed with this thing. You lost a lot of 
um, your, yourself in that situation. So you need to have the freedom to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like your circumstances are different. If you've got a kid, like I, I don't think you can take that route. If you if you've got other dependencies, I don't think you can take those routes. So mm. that it's a it's a particularly unique one, I think. Um, but I, that being said, I think there's also something about being able to just take those shots and, like you were saying before as well, not be too hesitant to, to define yourself and to just move through various definitions because it's by de- taking that journey of opportunities that you'll land in a place where you feel like you've carved out yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, I can't remember, we used to say a thing about being in someone else's scheme, but it's like when you're, when you're part of someone else's scheme, like you know you're like all that's happening is that you're being schemed on. You know what I mean? Like you can, I think that's when you're, it's, it's, the being able to take the opportunity is also, also a path to carving out your own direction and to maintaining some kind of control, some kind of creative control over where you're going, even if it seems like it's in lots of different directions. When we were doing the project with the kids uh, and taking them on those different journeys, so the, the sight and sound project were the one that I hadn't been thinking about for a while. Um, with that project, we did it with the Axel project, which are a charity uh, that do really amazing work. And it's like, with that one in particular, we were interested in this idea of the relationship between sight and sound, the relationship between architecture and our acoustic environments. And so in order to um, explore that, we, we did a workshop in a big arch, which also has like a very interesting acoustic environment. This, this room is quite an interesting acoustic environment as well. Um, and then we took them through these journeys of relationships between architecture and sound, but just non traditional journeys. So we, that, when we presented them, we showed them like very kind of traditional forms of music notation and architecture and all these kind of things, how they might relate to the design of opera houses, blah, blah, blah. But then we switched up and it's like, so that's one, that's one side of it, that's one very small side of it. But actually, there are tons of other ways when you think about sampling in hip hop. So yeah. I remember actually we, we, I, we showed them, we showed them the, the tune, um, that Diplomats tune, that I really mean it tune, mm-hmm. the one produced by Just Blaze, big, big, massive, massive tune. And that is a really good example of the intersection between space or architecture and sound. Because when Just Blaze was sampling that tune, right, it's, it's, by, um, it's by Major Harrison, mm-hmm. um, the original song, just kind of like old, slow, soul song. And he samples the live version, right? So he samples the live version and the big hook on it, that I, the, the bit I really mean it from the sample, that's an ad-lib that he does on the live version, he doesn't do it on the main version. So it's got a kind of reverb to it. It's got, in, within that sample, it's condensed the sound of the auditorium. You're doing it live in Vegas, right? So like, it's a very particular type of sound. You can yeah. hear the space in that sample. You can hear it disrupting from like, the actual, from the, the original flows of the tune. And that becomes the whole basis for this new tune by, by Diplomats, by Jim Jones and Cameron and, Lee, and, and, and then not, Joel Santana. So it's like you, you're stretching time and space and you're taking one time, you're transferring it into another. Mm-hmm. And that's like something that's very familiar to people, like that's a very familiar thing. Sampling people is super familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good example of it. So it's like just being able to like dance between these different contexts, I think is good because it also shows, and this is something that we're always stressing, that like your everyday experience are valuable. Mm-hmm. Your everyday experience as a young person growing up in Brixton or a young person growing up in wherever you're growing up in are valuable because you're an expert in that place, you're an expert in that culture, you're an expert in these in, in things and it's just like finding ways and methods of, of valuing those experiences I think. Which is, that's what I was going to say is because that, that's, we've got a, the, the workshop that we do with a lot of the young people we work with, we call it starting from your ends and 
we probably did it for the first time in, in Sheffield in 2019, but really it applies for our approach with young people wherever we go, because that is, that's basically how we started with like trying to value our experiences, the experiences of others as well. And even if we're working in, it might be a group of like art students from Bexhill who are looking to like push their portfolios forward, or it might be a, a youth group in Hackney. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, but if you have that approach, which is like, you're, you as a local, you as a young person with incredibly valuable experiences, you actually have something to say and you have a way of impacting your own environment. It might be through creativity, it might be through other forms as well. But if you start there and you work your way out, then we can start to kind of think about things a little bit like more um, freely. Then we can, we're not kind of trapped by this idea that we don't have anything to contribute and therefore we need to turn ourselves into a contributor but you just being you and having your experience that is a contribution mm. and I think hopefully that's something that translates in all of our work and that's how we kind of try and work it was with that kind of um, it's with that theme that we always try and work with young people mm. no. what's the age range of people that you work with it's, it's actually it's, it's been so we we've done we worked with like primary school kids in, in Harlem and in London as well so we the lowest, the youngest we've worked with is six. Mm-hmm. Six, and then the oldest, well, they're not young people anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. But like, we've gone up to, well, we teach at university, so that kind of young person, we've done secondary school, like, it really, yeah. Project by project. Everything, yeah, yeah, everything. Um, and each each has its own like challenges and opportunities, and it's all it's all great, like, we, we, we um, I think we, suck like we always that's probably one of the things that we could have said about the both of us mm. is that we probably would have done some kind of work with young people but definitely with people like there was a time when I wanted to be a teacher at Kill did a lot of work with young people we used to coach football and shit like we've done a lot of that kind of stuff so it's not a surprise that we've come back to that mm. at the start of you guys project um, working as um, together did you guys know you'd be like working with schools and universities and stuff like that. Did you guys feel like that was part of the plan or? I think so, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. I think originally there was some aspect of like thinking that, okay, maybe we can position ourselves as particularly in working in university, like with universities to get people from like underrepresented backgrounds into universities, blah, blah, blah. But I think like that, whilst that is, there's some element of that definitely always. Um, I think it's like, it, the, the, to what you do, maybe. It's limiting, yeah. It's limiting. Actually, like the aim, uh, the aim can never really be about. It can't be about feeding people into the mouths of institutions. Like it can't be that. I think um, that's a that's a dangerous thing because it's like it, you know someone. I can't remember who, who said this, but it's like when someone was like, "Why would I encourage someone to be like a black person to be an architect? Like why why would I do that? Like if it, it, when when I'm not when I'm not." comfortable with the, the profession of architecture. Mm. Like, knowing how fucked up architecture the profession is, why would I then say, yeah, 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 you know what I mean? Because we need to change the face of this thing because it needs to be diverse. Mm. Let's sacrifice you, you become part yeah. of it. You take on a hundred grand debt and then you get paid nothing to do little toilets in, in massive buildings mm. and gentrify your ends. You do that. You know what I mean? It's like, I think the, 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 the pros and cons, and I think it's never about stopping people going to where they want to go and really being accepted by institution and the prestige that comes with that and the kind of life-changing opportunities that come with that, that's all completely valid. Mm. But I think like we're also trying, though we work with institutions, again like we aren't of institutions and we're trying to create like counter-institutional frameworks. So it's actually about 
really, very, very bluntly, like valuing your experiences right now. Yeah. You live in Ilford and you're doing whatever you're doing in Ilford, regardless of whether or not you go to the Butler or AA eventually, or you go and do your thing where it is eventually, like what you're doing right now is valuable. And that's what people want. Like, you've got to realise that these institutions are at the end of their tether now, and they're craving for these for this representation, they're craving for people to come in and take and make these radical changes. So you, you're the powerful one, you're the one that they want, right? Exactly. So right now, as you are, you're blessed. Whether you go to the institution or not, doesn't really matter. And what we're going to do from being inside is we use that, use those resources to make sure that you can do whatever you want right now. So inside man. Yeah, well, to, 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 the, the aim is to try, but you get swallowed up by you get swallowed up by these things a lot. It's <laughs> difficult. It's a very difficult game. In, in the system, not of the system. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I think, I, think uh, I was speaking to like uh, a musician who has a night on in like Soho. Right. Um, I think they were telling me that they, they definitely know, like they were, they're a diversity hire basically, and that they know that they're trying to change the face of that area by having their music event. But hey, they're just going to make the most of that space that they have and do the best with it that they, you know what I mean? You've got to run your play, man. You've got to exactly run the play, so... Yeah, because all the game, like, so if, like, it's hard for um, African or Caribbean people in a certain part of the world to do things because of who they are, where they come from, and then the people that are from that place are like, oh, do you know what, because you guys are African or Caribbean, we need you, mate, as long as you go there, know, and have know in your head why you're there and what you're there for personally, and just gain as much as you can, and leave or carry on working with them, but make sure it's fruitful to you. Because same way some people might be using you, you should be using them, but in a positive light. Get the right links, get yourself. It's like signing a record deal. Say, I don't think I'll sign myself for maybe like five years. But if I made a mixtape, mate, yeah, buy it. Buy it. And then you give me, you put me on a different level that I wasn't at before. And now I'm not with you no more, I carry on from that level. And I still have that same. Do you get what I'm saying? Because there's like a scale to it all, isn't there? There's this like, what we're saying is that you can do the you can do up the institutional thing too much in the sense that you're trying to like vouch for it and get people to like buy into it and expect something of it. That is a one way ticket to nowhere. But then the other side is that you can give off this impression that you're like completely anti anything, right? You would never sell your soul to nothing to no one. But really and truly only a few people in this world can afford to be that person yeah. and we certainly can't <laughs> right we can't but because what, what's going to happen Who, like, and half of them are in university well that's half, half, half of them are preaching those things but they're not in university. they're from those environments so really and truly you're you're except that we're in this fucked up little zone right yeah. and really we've just got to be moving and shaking through it bringing the people that we're close to bringing the people that are going to value this experience, get something from this experience, taking what we need to take, creating things ourselves, like using, yeah, dissipating that resource, which is what we talk about a lot when we work with um, the VNA and a few institutions as well. It's like, what happens in your doors is not our problem, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter to us what happens in your doors. We're trying to take what's here and, dis and distribute it and, and, and dissipate it, right? And that can be in a kind of, like when we create our own space and we start to think about our own, like what we want, how we want to be rooted in an area, mm. 
I'm gonna bet up the VNA and see if they wanna put some money towards it, obviously. Like, what? So they have us running around doing these little projects for them and stuff, and then they don't wanna get their wallet out. Like, of course. Of course. Like, it's gotta be connected. Like, yeah. you have to, because then, then, then you're really using these opportunities properly. You're not thinking to yourself that you can just fly in and then absolve yourself, or that you can stay clear of it because you're, you know, you've got this kind of high and mighty thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think there's. Yeah, like you can you can look at, at all levels and, and a lot of creativity, there's benefits to kind of partnering and using institutions to your benefit where you can. Like people like Rihanna wouldn't be a billionaire if it wasn't for partnering, you know, with LVMH on that. You know, if if she didn't partner with that brand and form that relationship, mm. would she have been able to build such a successful fashion brand? Probably not. As the you know the the backing of some of the most powerful fashion houses. You, you know? just gotta find the space that you're comfortable in. That's what the advice I'd give people is mm-hmm. like, you just need to find a space that you're comfortable in. And like you said, you don't feel like you're being used too much. You don't feel like you're being like squeezed too much and you're, you're being made to feel uncomfortable and try and work that situation. Mm-hmm. I think you, it, as long as, I think the, the, the way to do that is also tying into like not this in and off thing as well. Mm-hmm. In that, as long as you can understand that these, Institutions don't give a flying monkey yeah, about yeah. what happens to you. These institutions don't care. Mm. They care about peace. Full stop. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, to, to, in order to negotiate that system, I think it's imperative that you understand that this, the key is not to try and like kill yourself to change you guys. Mm. You have to be thinking about how we can think of counter frameworks. But that doesn't happen tomorrow, mm. right? Like there has to be a way of working with in order to get up from, like, like everyone was saying, and a way to build yours and to build with your community yeah. and remembering that. Because that can, because that's a, when we think about that and when we think about um, like the abolition of these kind of institutions and when we think about these completely new frameworks, I think it's also important to, to know that like we're also building within legacies of that that haven't been done before. There are people who are building within their communities who are built within their communities who've done those things it's like the signing the record deal thing I think is super interesting because it's like to go back to music again it's like why is Nipsey a genius when it came to that because he never signed no deals that involved him not owning his masters mm. right and that's the thing that rappers US rappers especially always do yeah. always do it's why they're broken they're still doing it like Lil Wayne had to, Lil Wayne you mean like anyway so not to get into <laughs> but it's like there, it, there, there, you can strike up the right kind of deal which means that you are acting in a way that's redistributive and distributive. Mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle, the way he was in LA, in 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 Slossy, in, 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 in his neighbourhood, like that's that's redistribution, mm-hmm. plain and simple. That's redistribution mm-hmm. on a very 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 simple level. And like I think there's there's a lot to be taken from that situation. There's a lot to be taken from other, and various other situations as well that don't involve music too. Yeah. Um, and it's just about having your mind there because you can get lost in, the alternative is that you can also get lost in these things like we encounter people all the time who are just lost in the dunya we encounter people all the time who are just like absolutely part and parcel of the system and they even take on that language as they're not like they'll speak to you like they're Che Guevara and it's like but actually you love Babylon you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what um, as an artist sometimes it's hard to find your footing and you don't always get those sporadic opportunities where you're here, there and there. So when you find yourself working for an institution, they're like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to give them all of my great ideas. And sometimes you forget, you get the adoration from them, 
but they're collecting the adoration from the out from yeah. the from the outside people adoration that you, you could be just collecting for yourself, which could push your pro- professional development. But sometimes, like I said, you get lost in it and you forget that actually. I could have done, I could have started this hair and taken it separately and then carried on. But sometimes you feel like you need that support and you need that guidance and da 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 da. da. But um, yeah, man, I think the more um, people from our background working in the industry and creating more opportunities for other people and mentoring them and advising them and showing them that they can actually be independent as creative professionals, then it will start to change a lot more and more and more and more. But I think, um, like, in the UK especially, we're more like, in terms of the way black, the black community is anyway, it's almost still like, maybe not even, maybe like about a hundred years. If, if, is, I don't know if I'm blind. Obviously, there have been more black people in the, the UK, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in terms of how it is so now, the community fun. is now, and like, most people that are my age anyway, like, a lot of our parents came 40 50 yeah, years ago. It hasn't yeah. been that long for us to integrate into the UK society and it's happening. And I see a change happening. Like there's more stuff, more cultured people and more rooms, more spaces, more conversations being had. But it's about just being independent and trying to find your own societies rather than building other people's societies and then just being left to the curb after. Left to the curb, yeah. Yeah, you know they get left yeah, to the curb. So. <laughs> but I do think there's also like to, to stick up for the UK as well, it's like, I think there are good situations and it's also about us re, like looking back into our close history as well, our close mm. past in these places mm. and like, they're, you know, in places like Brixton in, in, in London and then Hansworth in Birmingham, Toxteth in Liverpool, like there are these histories of black resistance in these places, like when we think of 81 and the uprisings that happened in all these places and the mm-hmm. things that got formed out there, there's still things that we're working with now, the 198 contemporary, just exactly going on down the road, new course, all these things that happened, these things that, these generative events um, that spawned a lot of the things that we're still standing on the shoulders of whether we know it or not mm-hmm. now. And it's like, there's a very, there's a huge importance in looking back and like, not trying to boil the ocean, the, 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 um, not trying to reinvent the wheel, reinvent the wheel. Not trying to reinvent the wheel, but like actually knowing that, like, yo, this has been done before. Like, mm. we actually did, like, this is done and did, so like, let's, let's just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> let's just do it again. Let's do it again, like, you know what I mean? Learn, like, and, learn, and learn a little bit. And learn a little bit. Let's reach up to how they did it, like, let's see what they yeah. said, let's learn from the mistakes and let's just run that. Like, I think there's, there's, there, there is a lot in that, and like, when, We've been really fortunate in being able to work in a lot of places outside of the, well, in not a lot, increasingly outside of London and taking crazy inspiration from these spots. Like, mm-hmm. I would say, I'll go if I say this, I'd say Birmingham in terms of what they're doing in our field, mm-hmm. years ahead of what's going on in London. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, yeah. years ahead of what's going on. Well, yeah, just the, the context is different, isn't it? So the context is different, but the, but, but the output is also different. <laughs> the output is also different. They're working with space. And they're working with progression and like pioneering different like we, we the realm we work in uh, a lot of people are in in london are, are, we're still scrapping it out to to be given a little cupboard we can work in in birmingham not only are they working with massive spaces on a neighborhood scale they're also talking about different economic models yeah. they're also talking about like and testing them te- yeah testing these models in real time they're talking about these yeah they're, 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 like they're, they're having conversations i think we sometimes can't even dare to have with one another. You know, we, we're just about to the point where we're talking about space, we're talking about can we get our own space, can we do this? Nimby Arts, they've got the space now. 
like Healing Justice, they about to get this space, like we're about to get these spaces. And Brum, they've done, got them spaces <laughs> and they're doing crazy bits with it. So it's like, it's, so yeah, there's a lot to learn, a lot yeah, to learn. That like, it very much I think links with, especially like what Sounds Like Chaos is doing at the moment with the climate home and like, really being able, like given an opportunity with our own work to kind of build our own space. Um, and kind of make of it what we want to see uh, and also to kind of the ideas you know we put that in a place which is quite disused and it used to be amazing the adventure playground you know when I was a kid that was booming <laughs> that was the place but you know nowadays it's not open every day but is it because was it booming because we was kids and was it open more because we didn't even have the idea of time is it open? We just went there when it was open. Right. <laughs> or, exactly. or is it due? because yeah, I realized, bro, the, the kid mind is so really different. Really from that's the very good. Even I have good. the same eyes. I think the way I your dad is tall. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Now my dad's got like some small guy. Like, <laughs> I don't think like you, the, the perception of places is different. Like you get to places and you're like, yeah, this is, this was jumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how could this have ever been yeah, jumping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's whether or not, whether or not Tiger's eye was ever actually jumping. Or Toys R Us was ever actually jumping. It's like, almost like the whistle called wrestling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, when you watch that, oh, how could God. I have thought this <laughs> was real? No, I said that to my partner the other day. I was like to her, she was like, "Is this a joke?" And he's man joking. I said, "No, no, no. no. When this I was young, this was serious. These man were going in. Trust me. This man, like, I remember you so clearly. You you know what I'm saying? You begin to argue about whether it's real or not. You're like, of course it's real, bro. Yeah. How, how can this not be real, man? <laughs> and I used to be convinced that it looked so real. So you watch it now. It and also, the, your, your, your practical adult so mind is going through. When you get DDT or something, when you get yeah, the no, crossfit, you you're like, how'd you get up? Fuck, bro, you would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you mad? Like, you would die. Even the guy that done the moves would be broken right now. Like in terms of like things, events, and like when you was younger, how it felt. I don't know if it's if it's fair to come to, to do that comparison because I used to do that as well. And I had to realize now nah, like, things actually experience different yeah. when you're younger. I don't know if it's because it's the first time you've experienced it or you're just experiencing it with a younger, developed mind that hasn't experienced all the other stuff that's available in the world. Like if you've never seen one of those adventure tree parks where you can walk through trees mm. an adventure park in depth is phenomenal stuff mm. then you've been to one of these what go ape yeah and they're like actually that's i guess that is in some ways like part of the idea in it is like well, I think on this one, it's like, it's actually open for less days, isn't it? So yeah, cool. whether there's more or less people on the days, I'm not sure. Because the last time we went there, it was jumping. But it's just like, <laughs> it was jumping. It was less like, it's open for a couple of days a week. And yeah. the idea that it's a space for young people to kind of commune and kind of give them more things to do there than just play um, in a recreational sense, but to make art, to kind of do workshops and get involved in shows and stuff and kind of, yeah, just revolutionise the way that that space is being 
currently used, I think is like the aim. Do you think art is like one of the most vital things for young people to be involved in like, growing up? I actually do, but I didn't do that. It's a shame because it wasn't valued a lot when I was younger, but the older I get, the more I do think so. Because mm. I, I just think like, in, it goes back to what we talked about with like na- naming and titles and all this kind of stuff. Like, mm. if, you, if, we, if we think about art or even just creativity as just a space, like a space for things that you don't tend to get to value as young people, mm. I think it's mad important because it, it's getting worse and worse that like everything is for a purpose as a young person. Everything you do has to have some kind of purpose. Mm. You need to learn these things to pass exams. You need to pass the exams to go to university or to go to your job. You need to do this, to be this. You need to, so everything is like from day dot, from the minute that you start writing, you're thinking to yourself, all right, that is, you are now putting yourself on a conveyor belt where you just got to jump through a hoop and a hoop and a hoop and a hoop. And it narrows down the idea, it narrows down the space, the, just the literal space that you have to really do anything else outside of that realm. Even when you're like kicking ball, you're doing anything that's your passion, it's all about a means to an end. And I think that with art and especially with creativity, you can blur what that end is. You should, we should, whether you can or not is a, is a different point, but you should be able to blur that end. And I feel like because one of the great things about social media and Instagram, like I always think to myself, like if I had Insta when I was an, an art student, when I was doing art, it would have banged so much more. <laughs> because you don't have to get fed what they're telling you. Yeah. You look at other, you just look you at just all like these it. creators that you just search your area and just look at what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, I could, so I can do that for my portfolio. I can do whatever I want then. Mm-hmm. If these men are saying that they're creators, then, then I'm doing that, I'm running that. And no teacher can tell me I'm not yeah. running it because it's getting run. And then outside, even by then outside of the schools, well, I just feel like, it would, it's, it's, it's an important space for people to be in. A really, really important space Definitely. for people to be in. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I think kind of coming towards the end, like, kind of wanted to wrap it up with a little bit of a closer. Um, what we've, I think, got from you guys is that, like, resolve kind of work with design, architecture, sometimes music and other mediums to kind of help revolutionise spaces, basically. Um, and also people's experiences. So I'd say, in closing, a, a question that we have is how can one use their creative practice to affect or make change? That's a good question. It's a good closing question. It's a good closing question. <clears throat> um, I think the, one of the things to preface what I'm about to say as well is that like, I think there's danger in, I think, you know, like people sometimes they'll say like as a, they'll try and make it like a kind of like a, a lofty comment that they're like, "Oh, art is political." Mm. Full stop. And, like, <laughs> and I think that's to be honest, I think that's obvious. Mm. Um, what I think is that the risk in though is like forcing everyone who is creative or doing creative things into a realm by which they need to be making political statements, mm. and more so in which the statements that they're making need to be so obviously change-making, yeah. so obviously political, so obviously about identity, so obviously about these things mm-hmm. that they can't just make for the sake of making yeah. and do what they want. And I think that's a risk. I think, like, actually, the, the, we, if we think about the plenum, if we think about the, a space in which there is space for everything, um, there's space for you to do whatever you want in that, in that respect. You can be in these white cube galleries and make some crazy stuff about the dream you had last night. Like, that's perfectly valid, that's calm. Um, and so, like, actually, like, in order to be creative and make change, I don't think what you necessarily have to do is be is 
target your creativity towards making change. I think it comes down to something way more simple in that if you're, you know, we, if you're in a situation or if you're from circumstances in which th these things weren't, um, where you feel like these things weren't valued for you or you think that this wasn't an avenue that you were able to go down but you find yourself in a position to be able to do that, I think taking that opportunity is, the, is, change, is making change. If you're from a background where you you know art was never a viable option for you and you never felt like you belonged in these spaces and for some reason you find yourself being able to do something like that, mm. just doing it, that is super, super radical. Mm. Whatever it happens to be, whatever it is, yeah. whether it's something that I agree with the politics of or not, like whatever it is, it has this discourse and I think it's I think that is super radical and it's like the 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 space to imagine is be it has been disallowed from a lot of us. Mm. Um, so it's literally just by doing that. I think by doing that is also becoming part of the change. For some of us, that looks like attacking the system. For some of us, that looks like talking about like drawing what you what you ate yesterday. For some of us, it looks like talking about your hair. Mm. Like it looks very very different for lots of lots of people. But it's about like actually doing. Black dance actually. Yeah, black dance a lot. Yeah, I I enjoy that because I guess there's space in it when you say change through art is there's so much you know and just because uh you know people are making change through their art it doesn't mean that was the desired intention sometimes people i think i guess if if i'm answering the question myself it would be like uh to kind of channel yourself through your art to be yourself in that and i think that's the way to affect change you know um you can even look at like i guess with music again spectrum of artists that there are even today there is space for a J. Cole, there is space for a Megan Thee Stallion. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And they, they both affect change. And there's a space yeah. for who the guy called the Gen the Gen Z called? Six <coughs> nine eight. Nine eight. Yeah. Nine eight. Nine eight. Nine eight. Oh, I'm gonna have to check this out. What's this? I, I don't know there's some Gen Z there's a Gen Z band that we, I was doing I was interviewing a musician I was doing some okay. research and I, I just found them on Spotify. They look like a cross between Wu Tang Clan and F Dog Seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so some of London kids, they look proper wacky. Um, but that's what I'm saying, it's like there's a space. They, 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 and they have created a, a, yeah, a space yeah, exactly. for, for exactly. all the kinds of crossovers and stuff. Yeah, so I'd say like in being yourself, then like the change is like just creating that space for yourself and being comfortable in it. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself? Uh, no, I, I, I don't want to. I agree. Do you know yeah, what I'm I knew you were going to say that. To add that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was going to start with space. I genuinely was uh, going to start with it. You ended with it. I thought, well, like, yeah, I'm not going to add to that. Well, yeah. did you guys have the same mind anyway? It's cool. Same mind. <laughs> well, you see, that's why you work well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright guys, thanks for coming down. Definitely. Yeah, appreciate it. Actually, we don't even have your name. What's your name? Akil. Akil. Seth. Seth. Indy, obviously, or Jonathan. Jonathan. Farouk. Farouk. Where can we where can we find you guys? Resolve Collective. Resolve Collective on Instagram, just at Resolve Collective. You can find us here. And then we're both on Twitter and yeah.